Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Theater Podcast. I'm Alan Seals, and today's guest is Michael James Scott, who is the genie in Disney's Aladdin on Broadway, once the industry returns, of course. This dude, I don't know if any of you have ever met him before, he's full of joy. His Christmas album that he just put out is called A Fierce Christmas, and I don't know how to describe him other than just joyful and fierce. That describes so much of his personality. He actually said, as we got into a little bit of the current events, and of course him being a black gay man, that there's a lot of discrimination happening that affects him personally. He protests by using joy. He says he uses his voice to bring positivity and light and happiness to the world. And I just respect him so, so much. I respected him before that, before we talked. And gosh, after talking now, I just, I want to just go up and give him a hug as soon as it's safe to do so. But even with all of his success, he still has these moments of, well, what am I doing here? And he describes this amazing aha moment he had where he realized as long as he is unapologetically himself, he can just be happy with who he is. He will be himself. He doesn't have to act like like anyone or anything or what he thinks other people can be. And Everyone can learn a lot from this man. So before we get into it, follow me online on the socials at theater underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter, facebook.com slash official theater podcast. You can find more episodes, more about me and the show at the theater podcast.com. Show your support for the podcast. If you can spare $2 a month, that would help keep things going at thetheaterpodcast.com slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And now, without further ado, everybody, please enjoy this episode with Michael James Scott. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here you go. One, two, three... Once the Broadway industry returns, today's guest will resume his role as the genie in Disney's Aladdin on Broadway, a role that he has also done internationally in London, the North American tour, and Australia, where he originated the role and won the Helpman Award for Best Featured Actor in a Musical, that is Australia's version of the Tony Awards. He originated The Minstrel on Broadway in Something Rotten, as well as Dr. Gatswana, you know, the guy with the maggot problem, in the Book of Mormon, and his other 
Broadway credits include Mamma Mia, Tarzan, All Shook Up, The Pirate Queen, Elf, and Hair. He can also be seen in the new Showtime TV series Black Monday and now has a brand new album, A Fierce Christmas. Available out now everywhere you find your music, both in digital and in vinyl, which we'll talk about because vinyl is like the new thing. Michael James Scott, welcome to the Theater Podcast. Oh my gosh. Okay, that intro was no joke. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, oh, well, 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 okay, yeah, I guess she did that. Okay, great, work. No. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you. For having me, Alan. Oh my gosh, I'm just I'm 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 so thrilled to be able to chat. It's so nice to connect with you know my theater folk and the community. Just because you know this has been a crazy. It's been a very easy time for us all. You know? Oh, are you kidding oh, me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's been so <laughs> like, crazy. Uh, uh-huh. Can you imagine? Like, what if I was real? I was like, you. It's just been so great and easy, and just like everything is so wonderful. Can you imagine? That would be horrible. That would be so. I, the, the the people I talk to, the like a lot of the the actor friends of mine, they've either like completely gone into hibernation. Just they're like, I've worked nonstop. I need to take a break. Yeah. And, or everyone's like, I don't know how I'm paying my rent. Yeah. And yeah. and some people are doing a little bit of both. Yes. Yes. I call year. Uh, I call 2020 the year of the pivot. It is absolutely. We are all pivoting on so many levels and so many different, you know, things. Right. So I feel like it is. Um, uh, I also I will say this though. Theater, like the 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 community, like uh, that whole anybody who does any of that and involves that, we all have for a long time been hustling, right? We've mm-hmm. all been hustling for for years, and I mean this this is really testing our hustle, if you will. But uh, it is it's interesting because we are we have always been in this unknown place, like the uncertainty uh, certainty of of what we're doing, of like the industry and not knowing what your next job may be and all of that. So it's quite, it's quite, um, it's quite interesting for people, like um, many more millions of people to be feeling the exact same thing, you know, and what that really means and what that feels like. Well, it's interesting. I didn't plan on starting with this. What's It's interesting to me that you bring that up because there, there are many people like on a national and a international scale who are are experiencing so much loss and grief and whether it's personal if someone gets sick or you know heaven forbid even worse or like just on a bur- a, a business level personal business level they don't have an income their small business might be going under and there has just been this push and this push from broadway actors to to reach out to government right and say Listen, we are responsible for billions of dollars a year in tourism. Yes. Why are you not helping subsidize us right now? I mean, do you have what's your opinion on that? Tell me how what you think about that. Well, what's been really your the unbelievable thing that I think no one ever, you know, we, I mean, hello, we were told we'll be back in like a month. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, there's that. Um, and and so the idea of of what I believe and what we've I mean, we've always known this, the impact that the theater actually has within our country. I mean, the for me, the when I re, when you really break it down, 
we are the heartbeat of communities in terms of yes. keeping, you know, um, art and uh, life alive. And heartbeat meaning without the theater, there's there's so many things that trickle down from the restaurants you go to, the, the, the hotels you go, you know, to stay after, the bar you go after to get a drink or before. Um, the, I mean, the, it, it, I could go list a list of all of the things. And what is unbelievable is truly the devastating loss that I feel people are actually understanding where the importance of what it is that we do and where and what we bring to the table if you will it's un, can you can you imagine even this time this in this pandemic that if no if there were if if there was no art like i mean the world has turned to the arts to keep them entertained during a pandemic and we don't have a theater so we're we're online doing virtual concerts the artists are doing art installations on instagram live dj's are doing dance parties live i mean yeah. there are actors doing you know um it's unbelievable like actors are doing plays like online plays to entertain to to continue to keep it going what if we didn't have all of that. So it's unbelievable when you think about what truly how has how the world has turned again to the arts to to help and to really inspire. And once again, the artists have to really pick that up and really like fight through the darkness with everybody else, PS, to to create in this time. So that's that's a big that's a big deal. I totally agree with you. And and as a as a consumer of the arts and someone who's been on stage in a semi-professional way, I, I stopped at the regional theater level. I can, you know, what I were know you doing? Give me what, get, what were you giving me? Give what what shows were you what were you giving me? Come well, on. I did I did a local production of Aladdin. I was Aladdin in Excuse in Durham. you. How dare you just throw that out? <laughs> right, like you know. Come on now. Okay, okay. Um, I my my production quality was a little bit different from from what yours is, so uh, not not comparable. <laughs> um, but let's see. I did, I was a swinging forever plaid at the Dutch Apple Dinner Theater. Yes, Dutch uh, Apple Dinner Theater. Come on now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Did, did a couple things, but uh, for for you, the. I mean, this is probably one of the hardest businesses, period, mm. just being in the arts. Mm. And you got to do it because it is you. You got to do it because you love it. And it makes you who you are. And you are, I mean, I can, I can just tell from the first couple of minutes we've been talking, you are a force. <laughs> and, and tell me about first where you grew up. Where did this start? And then where did you find this love for the art? Where did you find your love for musical theater? I came out a force, okay? No. <laughs> <laughs> You pop out, you're like, oh my, Mama. yes, that's basically, I was belting, like, literally, my mom said I sang before I spoke, so, so there is that, um, oh my, so I'm, I, I'm, I was born in Baltimore, Maryland, um, in, like, inner city Baltimore, and, uh, we, we then moved down to Orlando, Florida, um, when I was around the age of five, because my, my aunt, was actually stationed in the military down 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 in Florida and my mom and dad they wanted to get out of the city the inner city they did not want their 
little black boys to be another black male statistic. <laughs> and so they pa- literally packed up. They didn't know anyone but my aunt down there and left all of our family, left and brought us there. And the they knew that the the opportunities of, of being in a place that um, for us in, in that moment, um, they just they wanted a change and they wanted to make mm-hmm. a, a, a big change. And so we did. And we went to Orlando, Florida, and there my brother and I were um, there. And the opportunities that began to sort of come our way, uh, I, had, I had parents who, based, who they just said yes to everything. They just said yes. There was no like, you know, oh, like, you know, I don't know. No, no, no. It was like, yes. Okay, great. You're going to, yes, yes, yes. And so for me, you had this little chubby chocolate child running around (laughs) Orlando, Florida, who just wanted to sing and dance. And he didn't care if you were, you know, if you didn't want to hear him sing and dance or see him sing and dance, he was going to do it. He was going to do it in the grocery store, the doctor's office, the, you know, it didn't matter. Like, and so I, that's, I, I, it's just, it was just like this thing. And, and in, in elementary school, I, um, I have this teacher, teachers for me are superheroes. I call them superheroes. They are, they are, um, for me, everything. Um, and my, one of my superhero teachers, her name was Belinda Brewer and Belinda Brewer, uh, saw something in me. She saw something in that little chocolate chubby child. <laughs> she, 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 and she said to my mom, you know, she said, would you let me help? And my mom, who I said, both my parents, they just said yes, said yes. And lo and behold, there I was, uh, you know, uh, in an audition room doing for commercials and TV, uh, you know, stuff, singing with these children, these little children groups around the, the community. And it just, I, I was hooked. I didn't, I never ever in my life have wanted to do anything else but entertain. That is what I've always wanted to do. That has been my dream. There's never been anything else. So that's how it started for me. And, you know, church was church was where I, I grew up in church. And I grew up singing in church. And so music has always been a part of my, um, my, my, my being, gospel music especially. And my mm-hmm. first solo, you know, I sang in church um, uh, from my—we call her Aunt Shirley. She's still living with us now. We, uh, living today, um, Aunt Shirley gave me my first uh, solo. She was the choir director, and the congregation, my audience, if you will, um, uh, they <laughs> cheered at the end. And, hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Yes, Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord! Yes, they were. They all were. Amen. Praise them, and I was hooked. <laughs> That was it. That was the moment. And that's how it all began. <laughs> so your teacher, your teacher said she wanted to help. What was she helping with? To get you focused? To get to keep you out of trouble? Like she, she wanted what was to she help me. She moment? wanted she I mean, I was just 
singing and dancing in the school, like in the choir, you know, there. So she wants, she was actually um, a community leader with like a lot of children's groups, um, a lot of like, uh, like child actors and child performers, dancers, like all of it. And so she really, she was like, I think that your son could be, you know, on TV, he could be on the stage. Like we, I, I want to help. I want to just, I want to help with that in any way. In my resources, that me, mm. is how she wanted. She thought she could help, and she just wanted to channel that energy, if you will, um, into something. I mean, please, I was, uh, you know, my, I, I come from very, very. Um, humble beginnings in terms of start with my, my parents and they did not have a lot. And it was, it was kind of amazing to be able to, you know, um, help with groceries, help with the lights, help with all those things there. They, you know, we didn't know what to do with, we didn't know, they didn't know, but you know, there I was doing commercials. I was doing certain things and, you know, uh, they would put money aside for, for me, and I was, I was adamant about helping. And I, I mean, I was as listen. Kids know they know what's up. They know what's going on. So I was actually able to help my my family um, and take all this craziness that was going on in the home out and throwing it out in the world where I could work, you know, and actually like do something. And so we did. We just tried to. We just like we were just like my mom and I crack up this, to this day because we. We were like, we have no idea what we were doing. My mom would... I, we, <laughs> no one she, ever does. We didn't know. My mother would be like, so I heard that there's this thing going on. There I was at this audition. I have no idea. I'm like, just, I'm just there. I'm like, hey, how y'all doing? Like, you know, I mean, it was just... And I loved it. I was like, can I please do this? Can I please sing at the fair? Can I please... And that's how it all began, which was a really cool thing. So I was very fortunate to be able to... Um, for the, to have someone help me channel that energy. Um, I always say that I come from a community who really gives a crap, <laughs> you know, about their young artists. And it is why I'm able to this day to go through life with joy, with hope, because someone looked at me, regardless of the color of my skin, you know, like they just saw this, they just saw, they did not see a little black boy. They saw a little child with passion and joy and wonderment in his eyes and gave me a shot. And so because of that, in my head, I know that it is possible. And so I have been able to walk through life with that feeling, with that knowledge, with knowing that it is possible and that it didn't matter, you know, the, 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 all the other stuff, but that someone just saw me. And that is that for me is has been an incredibly um, valuable gift that I've been able to take with me in life. There are so many successful people that I've read about, that I've heard from, that I've talked to specifically that that have stories just like this, where it was one moment from one person that has just changed the course of their life for I mean for good and bad, but all these stories are good, right? But. It's amazing how all you got to do is just look past what you see on the surface for whatever reason. Someone comes up and yells at you at the grocery store, 
they might have just lost their dad that morning. Like, you don't know. You don't you know. You don't know what people are going through. You don't know who they are on the inside. So you always got to give people a chance. That's my that's my my PSA for the for the episode. Yes, come on, preach. Hallelujah. Come on now, Alan. <laughs> yes. Come on. So your your album, your album see, I'm going to tie this back to Christmas, right? Your album or uh, yeah, your album is called A Fierce Christmas. Say it again. Say it again. The, Say it again. A, a Fierce Christmas. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, I also noticed that the copyright on your website is a fierce company incorporated. Boom. How about that? You like your fierce. Oh, yeah. You yes. like your fierceness. I love it when I get like, <laughs> when I like get a job and like they, you know, I, I turn in the paperwork and it's like for a fierce company. And I just love to hear like the business people say, uh, uh, so you need to sign some, it's for a fierce company. And I, I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> It makes me, it makes me like, I live for it so much. <laughs> Should name a business like, I'm a putz. So you're like, uh, excuse me, you need to sign this. F- yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a putz. Wait, what? Excuse me? <laughs> excuse me? What? What'd you call me? Uh, uh, I guess, I guess that's my name. Okay, cool. Um, you said you perform in church, love singing. This is your first album, right? It is. Yes. Right, right. So why... I guess my question is, you've got this successful theater career going on. You are all over the place. Of course, Aladdin is one of those shows that you know is going to give you a paycheck as long as you need it, more or less, right? <laughs> Until a global pandemic comes around. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah, mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> so why, I guess, two-part question. One, why start going the indie music route? And then two, why start with a Christmas album? Well, well... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish you, I wish everybody home could, could watch you right now. You are so expressive. <laughs> oh my Lord. Well, I, first of all, I have, I've said this before, but you know, actors practice their Emmy speeches, their Oscar speeches, their Tony speeches. I have been practicing my holiday album since I was that little chocolate chubby child. Okay. I have been like, I'm like, <laughs> I have been, you don't understand like the holiday music. Like, that for me is everything. I love it so much. Like, I'm I'm obsessed. I was that child that was like, can we start Christmas, like, you know, in in June? Like, I was that. I was was that. And I grew up with uh, the most incredible, you know, listening to all the classics and, um, you know, The Temptation Christmas, Jackson 5 Christmas, um, Donny Hathaway, you know, Bing Crosby, like M- Martina McBride, like all of it. I am like, I'm a Dolly Parton. Are you kidding me? All of it, all of it. And I'm obsessed with, I'm obsessed with it so much. And so it also, it just brings comfort. It is a comforting thing. And there's something about this time of year that whether people, whether they want to or not, they have to like, they kind of like have to be like joyful. (laughs) (laughs) It literally like forces, you know, like positivity. There's just something about it. And so I've just always been obsessed with this time of year and holiday music. And so I thought, do it in a pandemic. No, like literally, I, I, you know, we, we're, we're in the middle of this craziness. And what I have learned in 2020 is that the time is now because overnight, literally everything can change. It did for us. And Mm -hmm. what I know is that if we can pivot and do 
things virtually, do, you know, uh, like figure out all these innovative ways of, 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 of the, the hashtag new normal of it all. Um, I'm like, well, uh, let me, okay, well, let me do what I can do. Now, now, let me also say this, you know, obviously the country has, we are in a racial awakening. We mm-hmm. are still fighting for equality, diversity, inclusivity, all the things. Um, and we are in a pandemic. And so for me, this was my protest to it all. I, what, was, what was my voice in all of this? And truly, it was like, well, I'm going to protest with joy. That is where mm-hmm. this came from. Um, mm. I want to show, I wanted to show a chocolate face that is a different chocolate face than we see in the news. I wanted to show a chocolate face that was not afraid to smile. I wanted to show a chocolate face that was giving you joy. I wanted to show a chocolate face that was not afraid to be authentically, authentically himself and unapologetically chocolate. And in this moment of you know, we are, we are, the country is so divided. We are so divided. But what I know that can bring people together is some fierce holiday music. <laughs> yes. So yes. for me, that's where this came from. And, you know, my husband was like, Adam, he was like, okay, let's, let's, let's do it. And he's been trying, he's been like trying to get me to do this. For, he's been trying to get me to do an album for years and years and years. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know. To be honest, I think I, I was scared. Like, you know, it, it's, it's very, it's a very, vulnerable. You are open. You are, you know, it's, you're putting you out there, right? So it's a lot of things. And um, my husband, who is just like, he is a hustler. He is, he will, well, he's a an, an Emmy Award winning director of PS. Um, so he's, <laughs> Slip that in there. he's Slip that I just in there. have to throw that in there. I like to brag on him, <laughs> but he is a hustler. He will get, he will go and he will fight to get it done. Right. And he was like, let's do this. Let's make it happen. And I was like, okay, all right. So he ended up having, he has a friend down in Orlando, my hometown, who has a record label. They were like, yes, let's do this. They hooked me up with an incredible music producer down there. Um, and then I was really adamant about bringing, you know, bringing in my Broadway folks. So my single was actually arranged by the brilliant uh, Jim Abbott, who is an incredible music supervisor extraordinaire. And he worked with Chet Gass. Chet is my my music producer down in Orlando, really for the album. But Jim arranged the song. Those are live players on, 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 on that. So there's like Broadway folks playing the music. They all recorded it remotely, <laughs> which is insane. Oh, so this was all done in this, the last couple months in quarantine. Oh. Oh, October, boo. October. Like, wow. Oh, yes. And then I went down to Orlando. There were musicians. They were one by one, went into a studio to record. They left. You know, we sanitized and everything, all the protocols. I go into the studio, record everything, and literally everything was been put together. That is how this happened. And we decided to do a Fierce Christmas. <laughs> the album came out 
like right at Thanksgiving time. It was right at the end of November. Yeah. And you say you were you were just recording in October, so you put this together in literally a matter of months, I, like a yes, like two months. I cannot tell you wow. how crazy it was, but like, uh, like people were working their butts off to get it done, and 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 they did. And it is, you know, when artists come together, magic happens. Like there's just some, there's just this thing when people who are, who are, um, you know, passionate and want to make some stuff happen. And especially right now, people are hungry for to to to, to be creative. And so that's where this came from. It that it was like, how can I get community? How can I get it all together? And that's what we did. That's awesome. I, I love that when you get a group of talented people, super talented people, and I say on this podcast all the time that Broadway is the Olympics of theater. Yeah, You get all these people in one room, and, and then when, you know, time is of the essence, everything is under the gun, and you spit out something that, like you just said, was is unapologetically you. And I listened to the music earlier, after talking to you now, I was like, yep, yep. He like he is these songs. It is, it is, they're fun. They are fun and so just entertaining to listen to. Thank you. We're gonna take a short break. Stay tuned for more of the episode. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're such an outgoing guy. You're such a jolly guy. Like, <laughs> happy. You seem happy. But when you're on stage, you're genie, right? Genie is one of these roles that everybody's got a preconceived notion about, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So you come on stage... And do you ever have these moments where you're like, oh, shit, what am I doing up here? (laughs) Or is it all just, I got this. This is mine. No, I never have those moments. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yes, sir. I, I, yes. I mean, first of all, when you, you know, when you take on the genie, there is, as you said, the preconceived notions, like all the the like baggage and the, the 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 shoes that you have to fill to make that a thing is like there's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of it's a lot of pressure. And what what has been really interesting for me throughout this whole thing um, has been the the so the team uh, you know the incredible team creative team of of Aladdin they they have given me the permission to be Michael James Scott. They wanted 
it to be that way. And I had to let go of everything that I had thought about the genie. The genie was never even on my radar, never. It was crazy how it came about. Um, you know, I've done five Broadway shows with the, you know, fierce Casey Nicola, um, who was the director, choreographer of, of Aladdin, the co-director, choreographer of Book of Mormon, Mean Girls. I mean, literally, mm-hmm. like, the li- something rotten, the list goes on, the list goes on. Um, the prom. Uh, and and we, he saw that in me. Um, so even when people who you don't, when you don't even believe in yourself and there are people believing in you, like, you know, it's, it's, it's truly, it, it's just like, it blows my mind still to this day that it was never on my radar. Cut to years later. Now I'm like, I'm the genie. What? You know? Um, <laughs> so, but, but what I learned during that and what, what it's sort of touching back what you were saying, I had an, an aha moment during during I, I gave you a full Oprah aha moment. Um, but where, where in order to be a successful genie, in my opinion, and, you know, people have asked me, you know, other actors who auditioned for it and stuff. I'm like, yeah, like you know, people DM me who are auditioning, <laughs> which is so funny. Um, I'm like, yeah, she better have the guts and just DM, you know, and, and ask what's, I'm like, Fabulous. I'll give you my secrets, my my little things, you know. <laughs> sure. Come on, boo. Here, this is what's up. Um, it, it is the idea that the genie is full of love, light, laughter. He's a big kid. He is the, he is driving the ship. He is, he in a second, if you kind of sense the genie, the person playing the genie as a little bit, um, uh, just a bit, I don't know, inauthentic. It's not good. And it is, it is, it is the quickest way to lose the audience. And so my aha moment was that I needed to go back to that little chubby chocolate boy who just wanted to sing and dance who didn't have a care in the world, who was unapologetically himself, who went through life and was knocked down, got back up, insecurity, we could, all, all the things, right? But that boy back in the day who did not care about anything but just life and wonderment, where was that? And so it was like, I mean, it was like therapy. It was like kind of amazing to really bring you to a role like the genie because it's a very different kind of a thing. Not many roles get to do, you get to do that. And especially a black man, uh, you know, a leading man in a show. You don't get mm-hmm. to do that um, a lot. So I got to do that. And, and what I had to do was not apologize for being Michael James Scott. And it's unbelievable what opened up in my world, what opened up in my personal life, what opened up in, in, the, in, other, in other jobs with me literally just being me and not being afraid to be me. Because I've said this before and I'll say it again, believe in yourself. Believe in the thing that you have is special because no one else has it because they are not you. Period. There, there's, there's a couple questions that I'll, I'll, I'll ask you at the end of the episode. But there's one of the questions is, um, you know, what do you, what advice do you give to your younger self? And what I hear a lot 
is something very similar to that. It's just when you audition, when you go in to do these roles, when you are trying to get a new job, you got to go in and you make a strong choice, make your choices and be yourself. Because if you try to be somebody else, that other person's going to get it. You're not going to get it. You got to be yourself. Why are you apologizing for you? Why are you apologizing for all of your awesomeness? Why? You know, why? Ben Vereen said to me, yes, I'm just going to give you a mic drop of a name, a full-on name drop. Um, the legendary <laughs> Ben Vereen said to me, uh, because that was my, yes, my first job out of school, as out of school, I was his standby <laughs> in Fosse, <laughs> which was crazy. Um, but Ben Vereen said to me, uh, A, in an audition, like when you go into an audition, that they are lucky to have you come in there. That is, that is, that is it. They are lucky to have you come in and that they should be so lucky to get a free show on this day. And so I, for my, literally I have approached every audition that way and I walk in the door and I'm like, these folks behind this table are so lucky that Michael James Scott has just walked into this room. <laughs> Whether or you not... You need to have your own entrance music. Yes, you need to, boo. Like, play, exactly. play that music when you walk in. It's like, ah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is it. He also said to me to, to make theater a part of my life and not my life. Ooh. Ooh, I like that a lot. And I did not Which, really get that for a while because I was a baby. I mean, I was uh, so young. And as I got older, I was like, oh. Mm -hmm. Well, so then, so then help me clarify for people listening now, that is excellent, excellent advice, right? Don't make it your life. Yet I've heard when I was, you know, coming up in the industry and, and even now I'm 40 now that if you can see yourself doing anything else, you should do something else. Because this is a hard industry and you have to give yourself 100% to it. So how do you, Michael James Scott, you know, how do you separate the job from the man or, or you know, how do you make it, how do you give 100% without making it your life? What I have discovered is that if the minute I, I put focus on me, uh, the the moments I started putting focus on um, not pretending to be somebody was the moments where the idea and this hustle of theater started to actually happen. And so I immersed myself in not only the craft, but a lot of other things. Um, and that gave me perspective on, on, on a lot. I also surrounded myself with not just folks in the theater. And I surrounded myself with people who were different, were, were all kinds of, walked all kinds of different lives. And what I knew was that I didn't want that life. I still knew in my heart that I wanted theater. I still knew that there was, again, I believed that there was a place for me, if there is a place for a black, gay-ass man, like, <laughs> okay, like, who, who will one day play the genie, 
backed by one of the biggest companies in the world, there is a place for anyone. Period. It is a matter of whether or not you are ready to step up to that. And are you willing to do the work? Are you willing to do the work? And I'm not talking about, you know, oh my, like, I'm gonna, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to the auditions. I'm gonna, like, you know, to my, like, voice, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the work, like the inner work, the, the actual belief that you believe in the thing that you have is special because no one else has it because they are not you. Like the actual work of that, that is where it was able to change for me. And that is how I was able to, do, to really separate from real life into this thing that is, you know, uh, Michael James Scott, the actor, and, 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 and figuring out how to marry those. Um, to, not let, to not be okay, you know, that if I'm not having a good day, that I can breathe through the uncomfortableness of that. That's that's putting me on such a, a, a metaphysical journey right now because to be a good actor, you're you're not acting, you're being, you're experiencing the character, you're being the character, right? But what you just said is something that didn't really. I mean, you put it into words. Something that I've been trying to articulate for years here is that you you shouldn't you can't act like yourself. You have to be yourself. You can't act like what you think people want to be. You can't act like what you want to be. You just are who you are. And as you said, unapologetically. And I, oh God, that, I respect that so much. That is brilliant. That is so brilliant. The mere act, the word, I mean, act. When you, just think about the actual word of acting. Like when you acting as something. It is not you. It is act. So for me, it is replacing that with the word be. Be. So you are, when, when someone says who you are, you say, I'm a beer. I'm, I'm a beer. I'm, I'm a beer on Broadway. A boo, I'm a beer. Okay. <laughs> I also like, I like, to, I like my friends and I, we like being ridiculous. I'm like, I'm a booker, honey. I'm a booker. Okay, I book jobs. <laughs> I am a booker, right? I'm not a I'm not a final callback. She's a booker. <laughs> uh, you you've what you've described yourself many many times in this episode. Now you've referred to yourself as uh, being gay is how is one of the ways you identify yourself. Do you remember at what age that you realized you were gay, or did it was it a, an aha moment there too, or? Was it a sort of a gradual thing? And I only ask this because I watched, I started watching Big Mouth on Netflix. (laughs) Have you ever seen that? I have. Yeah, John Mulaney, Nick Kroll. And it was the episode where one of the characters, John Mulaney's characters is like, maybe I'm gay. I don't know. I got to kiss a dude and figure this out. (laughs) And being a straight man, I never went through this. So I'm always curious to talk to people about this. Oh, come on, Alan. I'm very disappointed you didn't at least kiss I kiss a boy. Good lord! Come on. I've kissed boy. I kissed a boy <laughs> to make a girlfriend jealous once. <laughs> but like, was it like a fierce kiss, or was it just sort of like a little like, mm, and now I'm done? She was. She was overly jealous in general, and and 
And we were at a party and I'd been drinking and I was like, fine, fine. You want me to kiss this dude? And my friend Brad walked by and I was like, it was like, what, you like that? <laughs> oh my God. And that's Brad, amazing. Brad liked it. Brad liked it. See? Mm-hmm. Child, you did, you did things for Brad. He didn't even know. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, well, um, I mean, my mother used to buy me like Victoria's Secret lotion at the mall when I was like, <laughs> you know, I was, I was, I was. Like she knew before you knew. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't really know if there was ever a aha moment. I knew that I was like, you know, I, I just, yeah, no. Though it was all, it was just like a part of it. It was, I am very blessed. I didn't, I, I also didn't have the, you know, a lot, you know, there are a lot of people who I know there are, you know, there are, and obviously there are horrendous stories of coming out that are not good at all. I did not have that experience. Um, I did at all. I mean, to the point where at my school, my, I went to a performing arts high school that was in a public school. And I would walk around in my tights, like around like football players, to, like uh, you know whatever. And I would walk by, and people would be like, "Hey, Mike, hit a note, hit a note, you know, <laughs> hey, Mike, hit a note." And no one. And I was like, "I'll stop," like just like the gayest ever, like no, no, like and no one. It was just not even a thing. Now, who knows what they said behind my back. You know what I mean? But it was never, I just never, that was never a thing. So I'm very blessed that I was really, really in an environment where that wasn't a thing. And I, I can't, um, I feel like if I were that, like, like my actual, like if I was like, I feel like it would have been the most dramatic coming out. So like, I feel like I would have choreographed a musical number. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Do you know what I mean? Like, you would have literally come out of like shimmer curtains. Yes, I would like, have come out with, of shimmer curtains. confetti cannons. Yes, there would be, you know, I would be like at like 13 years old, I would like have like a full on like RuPaul's Drag Race pit crew. Oh, pit crew. <laughs> and like all the like hot boys would be coming on to like pick me up, you know, and like do a number and then like full drag Drag queens would be coming out and I would be kikiing and dancing with them and shenang and bop-mying and belting. And then like, you know, all the divas would be coming out and singing, belting and not mixing. And um, that would be what it, what, what it, what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I agree. I think you did get, have a, a very, a very fortunate experience and I'm glad, I'm glad that you did. Cause there are people out here that, uh, they live in live in these places that don't support it. So. I know. Uh, yeah. So let's wrap up now with the three questions I promised you I was going to ask. <gasps> the first one here, very simply, is what motivates you? Life. Full stop. All right. Next question then, and this is one I mentioned. What advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path? Believe in the thing that you have is special because no one else has it because they are not you. And last question. If you can only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see? Oh my God. Oh God. 
Um, um, I'm going to go with like, like a chorus line. Oh, all right. Why chorus line? It's just the embodiment of, you know, actors being exposing, but like there's, there's, there's such joy at times and then there's such pain at times. Um, but then there's like a huge gay ass number of in gold, you know what I mean? At the end, you know, so like, <laughs> like, like that. Yes. Yes. Cool, cool. Well, everybody, please, please have yourself a fierce Christmas. You can find links to download the album, buy the album. You can even get it on vinyl, vinyl record, because that's back in style. Yes, Go to vinyl. Michael James Scott. Yeah, michaeljamescott.com has all that info and links out to buy. And where can we find you online? Yes, on you the can socials. Vi- on the socials, boo. You can visit me at immjscott.com on all the socials. Um, I am MJ Scott. And also, if you are down in the Orlando, Florida area, December 19th, I am doing an outdoor concert at the new Dr. Phillips Front Yard Center. It's an uh, front yard festival that is unbelievable what they are doing. You are in a socially distant box. It's uh, it's crazy. The stage is like 56 feet. It's insane. Everything is socially distanced. There will be a 16-person choir, socially distant, a nine-person band, a three, three backup singers, three jumbo screens. It's crazy. And I'm basically bookending this year. I, st- I was playing the genie in Aladdin at the Dr. Phillips Center in my hometown of Orlando, earlier this year, Disney took me to do that. And I went back to Broadway, everything happened. And now I am doing this in the, in the, the first time where I will be on stage, the first time that this theater, the big performing arts center in Orlando is actually able to do something. Um, wow. I am getting to do it. So they are having their hometown boy back and I am there. So come on, if you are, if you are down there, get your pod and join. Just very exciting. <laughs> I love it. All right. You can get more of me at the theaterpodcast.com. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcasts at facebook.com slash official theater podcast. Leave a rating, leave a review, tell your friends. This has been edited by Matthew Hendershot. Thanks to Jukebox the Ghost for the intro and outro music. And Michael James Scott, thank you most of all. I have thoroughly enjoyed this fierce conversation. (laughs) Thank you, Alan. It's wonderful. And it's lovely to imagine you kissing a boy. It's just fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, and with that, happy holidays, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think, y'all, I got him blushing. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E 
Org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.